Hello, this is Notes from the Back Row, a podcast like no other, different themes, rotating hosts, and so much more. So strap in for a veritable cinematic Coney Island of the mind. Hello and welcome to Notes from the Back Row, the official podcast of back-row.com, champions of unsung and underrated cinema. If you go to back-row.com right now, you will find our fourth year in review lists of podcasts and movies. The site has been around for four years. You can find Veronica's top new-to-her movies, Jenna's top movies of 2020, Carlo's top eric roberts movies of 2020 (laughs) (laughs) my top discoveries of 2020 and lots more on backdashrow.com so get your butt over there and Mm. read and listen to some more stuff but today we are on notes from the back row it's carlo and i we're not talking about canadian horror movies Then what are we talking about (laughs) shocker so we had a little bit of a winding road to this episode Mm. um but yeah. the gist the gist of it is we had originally planned to do a let's just pick two movies we want to talk about episode. Yeah, yeah. From there, we ended up watching those movies, but Carlo also ended up watching something that he recommended to me, and then that sent me spiraling off into a little, a little direction. So mm. the general theme of today's episode is three movies that are loosely related around the uh, hip-hop scene in New York and America. And Mm -hmm. then it also kind of comes into play a little bit with last month being Black History Month and just like wanting to watch more movies um, that would fit into that. So it's kind of a a loose theme. Yeah. Do you want to talk about the movies we were originally going to talk about? (laughs) (laughs) Because, well... You were like, you got to see Rhinestone. And I was like, okay, I should see Rhinestone. <laughs> You'd never seen Rhinestone, exactly. So I was like, yeah. well, you have to see Rhinestone. Like, even if it's 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 kind of dog <laughs> shit, you have to see Rhinestone just because it's yeah. so, I don't know. It's like St- Stallone at the height of his hubris. Uh, yeah, and House Party. Yeah, and we'll talk about House Party later. But yeah, I, I did watch Rhinestone, which is directed by Bob Clark, 1984. Sylvester Stallone, Dolly Parton joint. Yeah, just just tell me real quick what what you thought about Rhinestone. Like, I was I was alternating between like delight because it's yeah. like such a wild movie. Yeah, and I was also kind of like a little bored at moments, but <laughs> yeah, then fair. it would pull me back in. I think that Stallone is kind of on some real next level cocaine shit. Yeah, <laughs> in that movie, he's he's leaning so far into like wacky comedy. Yeah, it's it's also like no one told them stop. This is a bad idea, yeah. <laughs> which is ludicrous. <laughs> uh, also, yeah. also just funny like how Stallone, he had this huge uh, career as an actor, but he wanted to sing, and his brother mm. kind of wanted the opposite. Like he was a singer, but he also tried acting. Uh, I don't know. It's that's a weird rela- relationship there, and. It, <laughs> like rhinestone is a prime example of just stick to what you're good at uh like even if everyone tells you you're, you're king shit in hollywood right now don't don't try to sing if you can't and and the mm-hmm. contrast between like dolly parton's voice which is like incredible and then stallone trying to sing and mm-hmm. by the end the movie kind of wants you to believe 
he pulled it off. <laughs> does he? Do you think he pulled it off by the end? No, I mean, he does it. Like I saw you in your review, you kind of say like, mm. you don't get the sense that he's getting better and better. No, no, <laughs> not one bit. Like he gets more, like he becomes more confident in doing it, but that's it. Mm -hmm. And no one's like, yeah, you suck. You still suck. No, everyone's like into it all of a sudden. <laughs> Yeah, but they but it's like he kind of like forces them to be into it. Like they're yeah. booing him and stuff, and then they're kind of like, okay, now this is good. And you're like, but nothing changed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nothing changed. We're still the same person. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, you also mentioned that it's kind of long and it, it, it has yeah. no business being like, what is it, an hour and 50 minutes? Yeah, I think it's like uh, 151 or like 145 or something. Yeah. It's, it's, just, it, I mean, it's not two hours, but it's it, excessive. Yeah, it doesn't need to be. <laughs> you, you feel like you're constantly about to be hitting a two hour mark. You're like, come on. Even even though it's still a movie I revisit every once in a while because I just need that completely insane Stallone energy. <laughs> and it's at, yeah. its, at its height in Rhinestone, I feel. Yeah. And Dolly's good in it. Yeah, and for sure. Yeah, Always. it's got a lot of a very specific thing going on mm -hmm. that it's doing with the music and the and the cowboy stuff. And I mean, yeah. Drinkenstein. Have you seen Paradise Alley? Uh, no, I haven't actually. No, there's like a theme song in it by Frank Stallone. Oh, brilliant! <laughs> <laughs> Isn't Paradise Alley about like wrestling? Yeah, it's like boxing. Oh, boxing. Oh, okay. Again, yeah. boxing. Mm, okay. No, I've never seen. <laughs> there's like a couple of older like fist is another movie i haven't seen yet oh yeah uh, stallone movie i don't even know what that's about but. yeah so and then we, i like we mentioned we're going to talk a little bit about house house party later but mm. you watched a movie and so yeah. i had heard of this um and i'll tell you why in a minute but how did it get on your radar that's a very good question i don't i'm not sure if i have an answer for that i, I think the most the thing that makes the most sense in terms of how i've heard of this movie is because like the austin people on letterboxd um mm -hmm. you've got like laird and, and and joe and and uh jake isgar like a bunch of people uh, i believe jake isn't in austin anymore anyway but uh like those are the people who have reviews for it on letterboxd and those are all people i follow on letterboxd and they gave it like pretty high ratings so it was screened there at one point i'm certain uh and after that, there was like, there's no reviews beyond that screening, I feel. So that's probably how it came on my radar. Yeah, that's and that's basically how I heard about it, too, because it, there, there was there was a 16 millimeter screening yeah. at Cine Family in Los Angeles. And oh. the director was in was there in person. Oh, really? Oh, Jesus. Yeah. And, huh. and I remembered that, like, I, I'd seen the poster pop up when people, a couple people reviewed it. And then I kind of hit it on my watch list like I do with every single movie ever and <laughs> forgot about it completely. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I put this, like, on my watch list or, like, why I took a note of, like, I have to check this out. Probably the high ratings and the subject matter as well. Uh, felt In the poster? Yeah, yeah. It, it felt very up my alley. I had never heard of it. And then I found it on the internet recently. I had no idea it was so obscure and yeah. like pretty much impossible to get your hands on unless you you are on a one specific uh, website on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, otherwise hmm. there's just no way 
to see this. Like uh, one person who's mutual on Letterboxd of mine, uh, he comments on my review, like, how did you see this? Like, I saw it at the screening, but is it like available now? I'm like, no, it's on the internet. And the person there was like, it's a pretty like absurd situation, they said. Like someone apparently uh, has a 35 print of the movie and they were making 2K scans but they can't get it released because the person who owns the rights to the movie doesn't want to do anything with it. And also there's like yeah. music rights issues probably. So the people who made that scan were like, yeah, you can do whatever with this digital copy of the movie. And so that's how it ended up on a website. And and for those listening, the movie is from 1980 and it's called mm. Get Rollin'. And it's a documentary slash docudrama hmm. about Pat the Cat and a couple other roller disco sort of personalities. It follows... Yeah, personalities, yeah. <laughs> Pat the Cat Richardson, Vinzarelli Brown, and mm. Inez Daniels. And so this is kind of like three personalities who are very into the roller disco scene mm -hmm. in Brooklyn, a very specific roller rink called Empire. And yeah, it's kind of part documentary, a lot of scenes of music and, and roller disco dancing. Yeah. <laughs> and then some fictionalized sort of like like uh, almost improv-esque scenes of sort of off-the-rink drama. Very, very like <laughs> loose, loosely sort of put together. Yeah, I'm not sure like how improvised like or like even the fictionalized part. I feel like they might be just like stories that these people had and they just recreated them. Mm -hmm. That might be it. Like, there's no way to tell. Like, there's no one uh, that I can get in touch with to get like the gist of <laughs> what those are really about. But it feels like that kind of thing, like dramatization. Uh, it, it, I, f I said improv because I feel like, so there's a scene where they are arguing in at a the pool, pool hall. hall. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about that when you mentioned improvisation. Yeah. <laughs> you, you get the sense of like the, the argument kind of goes on and they kind of say the same things over yeah, and over yeah, again, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and you kind of get the feeling of like, they know the idea of what the scene is, but they don't know where it's supposed to go. So they're just kind of rolling around <laughs> in yeah, this scene. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> Which is fine. Yeah. Like most of the like little story vignettes that happen uh, don't amount to a whole lot. There's sort of like a story that ties it together for like Pat the Cat, that character, mm -hmm. uh, which the movie ends on as well. Like that's that's like the main thing of it. But yeah, it's like, is he or is he not going to get to go to the UK? Yeah. Yeah. He has like ambitions to like make it as a uh, roller skater artist slash performer uh <laughs> like the entire thing i kept thinking is this a real thing that's like how do you become successful doing this <laughs> but, but, but it, well, it doesn't it doesn't matter also like it's just like this movie is just like all good vibes and it's like pre it, it's like take like i don't know when this movie was made like probably like pre-1980 like it came out in 1980 old school hip-hop like only really surfaced in like 79 80 ish and this is like still this is disco basically 
you know? We're talking about like hip-hop movies generally, like we'll cover some later, but this is definitely like, I mean like early hip-hop was very influenced by disco as well. Totally. So there's, yeah. there's enough of a link and you know, like the whole scene, like the New York scene, like... Um, yeah, one of the things about Get Rolling that gives it a little tinge of kind of sadness is like you mentioned like how can you become successful in the idea of like roller boogie or roller dancing and and roller disco and i think part of what it what it is is this scene was at such an apex when this movie was being made and it was also right about to become sort of extinct right yeah yeah, yeah. and i I read that that's kind of part of the reason why the movie was not as remembered and was kind of like it played theatrically and i read a review um on on the poster vincent canby has a quote and i found that like review of the movie when it came out so like it played it played in theaters oh okay i think what I, i read some some other reviews of people saying you know this idea of it was riding this kind of crest of this of this fad and here's these people in the fad kind of saying this is my shot right like i'm gonna i'm gonna surf this fad to my my success and then in in hindsight watching this movie it's a little sad because you're like that clearly (laughs) didn't happen for any of these people because roller disco just kind of ended up sort of dying out music trends changed and people moved on Mm -hmm. yeah and but but I don't think that detracts from the positive vibes of the movie anyway. Like <laughs> no no no, that's like all like you know background information. Like watching mm-hmm. the movie as a time capsule of like that those last days of disco, if you want to call it that. It's it's just a very I don't know. I, when I put it on, I I was kind of having a shitty day, and the movie just cured my blues. I was just reinvigorated after it i was like this is this is exactly what i needed like the good vibes and the music is great and um i don't know like these characters as well like pat the cat and and vinzarelli uh, as these like they created like these characters who exist at the roller rink and like no mm-hmm. one's hiring to, to do this they're just like sort of like street artists but inside of a roller rink yeah just i don't know i loved it <laughs> yeah and I, and I liked the the way that they discussed with openness their kind of element of it being a yeah, character. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. both of them kind of discuss about like when you know when I go down there, there's like a difference between me putting on this character and then me when I go home. Yeah. But that's like a part of you know one of their like dreams of trying to make it go legit, and they want to be in like a. a a magazine and when i saw that magazine stuff i was like does this magazine exist I yeah go yeah, find yeah. It. <laughs> or is this a scripted Skater. thing i don't know <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but at the same time we have um inez daniels who works with um works in the like the healthcare industry and you know goes roller dancing uh roller discoing mm-hmm. at night and we see a lot of we see the scene of her kind of teaching somebody to roller skate who was injured um i think in the war and like lost lost a leg and an arm and yeah. i thought that stuff was also like re like like here's these two guys who are kind of focusing on it as mm-hmm. like this is my kind of outlet but also my kind of shot yeah. and then here's somebody else who's focusing on it as like this is kind of like a release and like a thing that i do that i'm passionate about that i kind of want to like teach to other people and yeah. it's like two different two different approaches to this kind of like scene which was yeah. interesting i'm glad they had that counterpoint yeah it gave it a lot of heart like just the personalities like the little personal stories like even if they're like dramatizations like i'm 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 almost convinced that those are like based on stuff that happened to them for real like because mm-hmm. 
before like going into the movie i had no idea like i thought it was just a straight up documentary and then these scenes start happening and you're like no this is obviously reenacted at the very least um but like i said it doesn't matter like you just uh i just like and, and yeah go on i was just gonna say one of my favorite parts of the movie hmm. is in that fight scene in the uh in the pool in hall, the pool hall <laughs> when the scene literally like gets busted out by this bird that flies in yeah, the pool yeah, hall. Yeah, they, yeah. <laughs> everyone like looks at the camera. Like yeah. they look over at the director like, now what? <laughs> this yeah. bird just flew into our shot. Yeah, but they cut away from it so soon, like it's edited, but you can still tell. Like, I'm like, could you not have edited a little bit tighter? <laughs> so you don't didn't. even, no, same, same. It's like, <laughs> I don't know. It just makes it very charming all. Um, mm -hmm. Like it doesn't have to be like a perfect illusion. It's just... Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, like yeah. I said, just the vibe. I, I was definitely worried at the, op like in the first, I think one of the first scripted-ish scenes is him getting kind of like fired from his job. Fired from his job, yeah. And I was kind of like, oh, like what these scenes are kind of like a little bit, you know, stilted because they're not actors. What, what am I going <laughs> to feel about this? But I very quickly got over that and mm. was just kind of enjoying it. Um, and I also, when I read that Vincent Canby review from the New York Times in 1980, it's it's funny that they also kind of review the movie as these are amazing, you know, like athletes yeah, yeah. and dancers. But yeah. then at the same time, they review the, the other scenes as like, and I also think that they're like very charming performers in the movie as actors. Yeah. And I thought that was interesting. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's cool. Uh, yeah, you need to link me that. I, I haven't read that. Uh, but yeah, that's cool. Um, it's just... Like such a pity that nothing is happening with this movie now like the quality of this print that got scanned is excellent like the audio oh, and, so the, and the video is like you know someone put this out on the blu-ray please <laughs> totally totally get the music right it's gonna be hard probably but pay pay that person who's not interested whatever <laughs> yeah yeah and then i don't know with the music rights i don't know how hard how much of a challenge that will be or how, how many issues mm -hmm. that will um bring forth yeah it's, it's just it would be cool to see it it'll be a shame if this just dies <laughs> the way it is yeah. now i can't imagine that even mm -hmm. like if it if it can at least live on on the internet and like build like a, a, a fan base that way mm -hmm. in, in a way that's like in a legal gray zone or whatever that's fine as, as long as it leads to ultimately like something you can buy and treasure and like maybe some money going mm -hmm. back to like the the people who made this thing is is what i hope for <laughs> yeah so definitely see get rolling it's 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 an amazing slice of life but it's also one of those amazing documentaries that is a is a document of a time and a place in new york at that you know 1979 1980 you know even if you don't care about the disco dancing and the roller you know roller skating <laughs> If you like that New York, you know, of that era, like you and I do. <laughs> yeah, same, then... same. I think it's just like <laughs> culturally and, and creatively that era in New York is just like un unlike anything else. It's like one of my favorite things. I'm just always in awe when I look at the culture that sprang forth from that, like musically and, and like performance wise. And that's why this movie would just hit so hard for me, you know, uh, even I, I didn't think reading a summary about the movie and like it being about a roller rink i'm like this isn't necessarily yeah. <laughs> in my ballpark uh but sure i'll give that a shot because i like you know mm -hmm. i like stupid musical dance movies whatever um so yeah i don't know <laughs> just <laughs> it, it might be hard to get your hands on this movie but mm, i don't know 
just reach out to us and we might be able to help yeah, you with totally. that. And <laughs> we might be able to that, that's you. that's the only <laughs> advice i can give on that <laughs> Um, and then, yeah, so like you mentioned earlier, you know, 1980 is when this movie was released and takes place uh, at the tail at the tail end of the 79 mm-hmm. and 80. And so, you know, we, we look forward five years to big fun in the big town. Drum is a part of us. So consequently, when we hear drums and we hear bass, if it's played, you understand, we pat our feet to the beat. from 1986 which is a dutch television documentary it's actually like half of a two-part documentary that was aired on dutch tv yeah but this this half is about hip-hop the other half was about like this um iggy pop and 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 rock and roll in new york and And so they 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 arrived in New York 1985 at this kind of perfect turning point of the industry where the new school is rising. Run DMC are, you know, now hitting the airwaves with Walk This Way, the the Aerosmith collaboration which is bringing this this industry into like major major um, mainstream attention. You have LL Cool J. Hmm. Um, <laughs> you have people like Dougie Fresh and Roxanne Shante and Biz Marquee and and Grandmaster Flash is is still around mm-hmm. and and Ice T is is doing body count stuff. And so like you're seeing this like this industry that was you know is has been moving from the old school into like a, a really fractured new school yeah. all these different things going on and this tv crew like arrive at like the exact perfect moment yeah. to you know interview all these people and get this like all these insanely amazing interviews yeah <laughs> and it, like yeah. live footage like and stuff lightning it's like... <laughs> in the bottle kind of like how they yeah. happened upon that like i mean <laughs> <laughs> yeah like there's lots of documentaries about hip-hop and mm-hmm. and i'm not gonna say that this is like the best documentary no. No, no, it's not ever. that. It's short, you know, and it's it's mostly just a series of interviews. But if you really like this era of hip hop, to to see all of these people in the same movie with all these interesting interviews, it's a trip, man. It's it's cool. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really cool. Like it's funny. Like I saw you log that movie, and I was like, I know this, and I I, <laughs> I don't think I'd ever seen like the entire documentary, but I like vividly remembered like the presenter. Um, Marcel van Tilt, the Belgian guy who worked for uh, VPRO, the Dutch um, mm. broadcasting ch- uh, system from uh, the Netherlands at the time. His interview with LL yeah. Cool J, like I vividly remember watching that uh, for sure. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I, I need to see this again or like the in its entirety. And so I went to YouTube and I watched it. And yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. And seeing LL at his grandmother's house. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> is LL you know? home can he come talk with us please <laughs> and i don't know like the interviews are like pretty fun as well like they're pretty casual and candid and everyone's just i don't know like there's no egos yet other than maybe like russell simmons like he's already like uh in charge of uh a whole lot of like musical acts so he's a bit more you know talking about uh European hip hop or rap. I don't remember and calling it garbage. <laughs> I was like, whoa, him giving that little rip on the European is like, yeah, everything over there is a, is a gimmick and it's kind yeah, of garbage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. 
I was hoping that the interviewer would say something like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, Russell Simmons ended up being kind of a garbage person anyway, so. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Fuck that. Yeah. Um, I was kind of hoping, like, when they're outside and you see those two performers that mm-hmm. are, like, rapping outside just guys, in hopes yeah. to get, <laughs> yeah, just in hopes that they hear and give them a record deal. Yeah. I was hoping they would go in and be like, you got to hear these people out there. Like, give them a shot. Yeah, they yeah, were yeah. Good. they were good. They were good, for real. Like, at the end, uh, <laughs> when the Belgian guys don't talk about them, they were like, yeah, we came all the way from Chicago, and uh, Marcel and Dilzo like, oh, okay, well, I'm going in and t- t- talk to Russell Simmons, bye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, totally. And there, it kind of opens with a bit about Grandmaster Flash talking about his doing the turntables and yeah, stuff. And yeah. that's that's something that I feel like is covered in a lot of other documentaries. But it was cool to see, cool to see here and and just watch him like explain it again. Like I've, I think there's been a few documentaries where they explain like, you know, how how they came up with like scratching and, yeah, yeah, and juggling yeah, yeah. and stuff. But it's still. Still fun to see Grandmaster Flash talk about it. Yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, it's like total. I mean, if you're in this into this era of hip hop, it's like total fan service. And the fact that, like, there's not a lot of documentaries from the time, like uh, '80s, not even '90s. I'm not even mm-hmm. gonna say like '90s. Like documentaries made while it was happening, or like even movies made while it was happening. They're like, there's a couple like Style Wars and Wild Style. Uh, you've got like the yeah. Canon movies, which are sort of like, I don't know, they're like a little bit cynical filmmaking. Like they're not super sincere. Like you've got like rapping and breaking and stuff, but that's like, I mean. I, but I, like inadvertently are, are documenting it's you know, true, the yeah. scenes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they still have merit like looking back especially like there's still like a time capsule like maybe uh they were don't they don't really touch on like social issues a bunch like they try to keep it light and entertaining uh, mostly but like if you want to see some real stuff like watch style wars that's like one of the best one of my favorite documentaries oh my um and i watch some other stuff today as well uh we won't get too deep into that but i watched this one called breaking and entering uh, which is about breakdancing and it's basically like 90 minutes just breakdancing and sometimes there's like an interview <laughs> with Ice-T and then I also watch 80 Blocks from Tiffany's which is more like focused on the gangs back in the day which is really good as well like there's like I don't know like 15 maybe 15 in total of these kind of like uh, time capsules made while everything was happening yeah. So I really cherish these movies, and every time I find a new one that's that's really good, it's like like Get Rolling as well. It's a it's it's like pretty early and more like uh, last days of discos than it is hip hop. But you can see that transition. Just you can see it's pre what's about to happen. Um, yeah, and it's interesting in Big Fun in the Big Town. We kind of end on Ice T, who's talking about his '93 record, and he's also working with Body Count at that point. And he's kind of talking about should should people be putting all their stake in the dream of hip hop, and mm-hmm. you know, he, he understands that like how much luck was played into him getting to where he is, and yeah. it's really interesting to see him talking very just kind of candidly mm-hmm. um, about that stuff. In the same way, it's fun to to see LL Cool J talking very candidly about like um how he kind of ended up being a bit of like the sort of like antithesis to the macho rap yeah, and how he's yeah. like yeah i want to i want to do love raps he's, like i want to yeah, let he's the a girls lover. know he's, uh, like, ladies love cool J. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and so I, I think more so than anything it's it's what's so interesting about the movie is is just the the things that they talk about and kind of um 
you know, how refreshingly sort of just candid they're being. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like maybe because it's from a Dutch TV crew and they don't know, like, you know, where's this going to air? What's going on? They're just kind of like, they're like, sure, I'll talk to you. Yeah. Is anyone <laughs> even going to see this? <laughs> and, and, and admittedly, not a whole lot of people, but I feel like if it aired in Holland and Belgian people saw it as well, at least. So... Uh, and now it's on YouTube. I be- yeah, that's why I, I watched it today as well. Um, so it's out there. I <laughs> one of my other last favorite scenes of the movie is mm. um, they they interview a member of the Last Poets, who are like a collective of of artists and and people that were very like pushing back against the sort of like mainstreamification of hip hop, mm-hmm. and they wanted it to be about more very like you know political and 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 kind of raising your knowledge and stuff and they interview him and his son and it was just funny that his son is like yeah i listen to all that stuff and i agree with my dad i guess it's garbage but like it gets me hyped up like i love it anyway <laughs> and I just thought it was just so funny to see him like in front of his dad being like i agree with him like we should be you know lifting each other up and more about you know positivity and and the political act and but yeah, also yeah. like i listen to it it's it's pretty hype yeah. i listen to the other stuff <laughs> it's it's good to take in both but i definitely agree with the whole like it used to be more like about like positivity uh and like being surrounded in like not ideal circumstances like a lot of poverty going on back then and this being like your main outlet even turning that into like a positive thing a creative thing and and collaborating with other people and uh i really dig that about like early hip-hop and then it sort of like Mm -hmm. got changed into more like reactionary and um i don't want to use the word like negative hip-hop but like stuff you know like there's there's definitely like misogyny started slipping in and all that stuff and very like uh, (laughs) i was just gonna say like yeah my my friend um matt was saying there's the scene with Schooly D who's talking about like, oh, I don't want it to, to do what happened to rock, which is like it was so dangerous. Yeah, and then exactly. It became yeah. Mainstream. And then it became very just like not dangerous anymore and not kind of like potent. And my friend was saying like, that's so true. And that's kind of what happened. Like, you know, not that it like obviously there's tons of different ways that you can view the genre and you can't, you know say the whole thing happened to the whole genre but like there was always political stuff going on in the corners or whatever but Mm -hmm. but it did become a very mainstream thing and then ultimately there was elements of the genre that became what he was saying right like exactly you know (laughs) very popular stuff ended up being watered down a little bit and so it's funny that that in that moment he was able to say like this could happen i don't want it to or whatever i mean it's always the way isn't it like uh even something like punk you'll find like shirts of like i don't know um subversive artists back in the day at hot topic now and <laughs> it all gets like <laughs> funko popped you know <laughs> it's, yeah it's, it's kind of <laughs> sad but i mean new yeah. stuff new stuff will pop up and new subversive mm-hmm. stuff will um like even yeah within hip-hop i'm sure there's like enough interesting stuff going on now but it's mm-hmm. just it's not the same as it used to be but it, that's just <laughs> the way things go you know yeah and speaking of of the the kind of next era Mm -hmm. we we fast forward to 1990 and and we talk a little bit about a film called house party if my pops finds out i got in trouble in school today i'm definitely going to be on punishment uh there's a party tonight at peter's house can i go you're not going nowhere every little step you take will be around this bedroom tonight did you hear anything about a party tonight Uh uh-uh at least not any good ones Hello to Watha. Yo, baby, 
You're looking real good. Step off. Scandalous. Kick it, Pop. How much more trouble can I get into? Hey, Elisa. What? The house party. Jay ain't going to that damn party. That's all to it. I don't give a damn what you say. You're making me a social misfit. Uh, starring Kid and Play, who were uh, musicians, were rappers before the movie, and they you know, became very famous uh, in the late 80s and early 90s for their albums like Too Hype in 1988 and Fun House, which came out around the time of, of uh, House Party and had kind of the, the big hit from it, 1990. And they, they were kind of presented as this, you know, sort of rap for maybe teenagers or younger <laughs> teenagers. Mm-hmm. They were a little bit more about positivity but also more just about like fun times and we're rapping about fun and partying and kind of hanging out like like i mean they have songs about other stuff too but Mm -hmm. you know it it was kind of they were kind of banking on the fact that it's a bit more um accessible yeah a bit more cleaned up uh in general (laughs) um definitely uh like probably the thing that schoolie he was worried about hip-hop going and (laughs) yeah (laughs) like they had their own dance yeah it's it's there's still elements in this that i enjoy like uh even like cleaned up hip-hop there can be fun hat in there yeah yeah and they and they were getting into like the new jack swing stuff and kind of like 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 i wasn't super familiar with their music and after listening to house party i was like i'm gonna go listen to their albums so i went and i listened to like three of their albums nice <laughs> and and they're okay they're fine yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah that's what i, I don't want to listen to them all the time fine. but <laughs> yeah uh, but yeah house um, party was actually my assignment uh mm-hmm. my original assignment because i had never seen house party somehow even though growing up i was Me a big either. i was a big fan of class act i really liked class act going up uh, growing <laughs> up but then i rewatched it like a couple of years ago i'm like mm, i guess this doesn't really hold up and there's some problematic stuff in there so maybe just leave that mm-hmm. in the past <laughs> yeah and i came the opposite direction i watched class act a couple of years ago after it just being a movie I saw in the re- in the rental shop a yeah, lot yeah, yeah. growing up. So mm. I was like, I got to see this eventually. And so I watched it and I was like, oh my God, it's PG-13, but it's like, got, it's it, there's a lot of 80s movies um, that have this subplot where it's like, the dad thinks the son is gay. Yeah. And so he's really <laughs> upset the whole movie. They do it in the Patrick Dempsey movie, Lover Boy as well. Oh, I haven't seen um, that. Okay. Although that, that movie ends with the parents being like, it's okay. We accept you no matter what. And yeah. And it's kind of like, okay, you you didn't end on a hateful note, but you also had gay panic jokes your whole movie. So. Yeah, 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 I can yeah, definitely. But at the same, like, but I, yeah. I know there's a movie, another 80s movie that also plays out that way, but I can't remember uh, which one. My Best Friend is a Vampire. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You watched that recently. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That one, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I think that movie also ends in the similar way where they're like, it's okay, we accept you no matter what. And he's like, but it's okay because I'm not. <laughs> yeah. That's all You're that like, oh, so yikes. That yeah. People were really <laughs> worried about homosexuals back in the day. It's insane. Yeah. It's, uh, like, and just be cool. Class Come act is, is pretty crazy about that. And there's a lot of other stuff in that movie too. And, and, and so going into House Party, I thought... If class act was a few years later and PG thirteen, what am I getting myself into in house party? It, it it just feels random, really. Like not even it's it's too close to each other still to be like a huge yeah. shift, I guess. Yeah, and so um, 
house party is about kid and play and you know uh kid has been invited to play's party that he's gonna have this big house party but his dad doesn't want him to go and so it kind of kicks off this kind of like one crazy night of kid getting to this party and all the crazy things that happen and and it and it i would say that this movie does have an eye for a bit of a it's trying to be kind of a populist entertainment while also mm. having a little bit of kind of social undertone because mm. there is a very um solid through line about kid and um his love interest and how kid is kind of doing a bit of like rejecting of kind of everybody else's sort of macho yeah, expectations yeah, yeah. that's true and he's kind of playing into it as well but also you can see him trying to to push back against it and yeah, so there was a, a it's like peer pressure uh, yeah. versus what you think is the right thing to do and and so that element of the movie allowed the fact that there is Uh, an entire scene that takes place in a jail that's very like he has a big rap where he's like don't worry i'm not gay or <laughs> you're like oh my god the whole scene is just a rap about how he's not gay don't 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 do this to me in jail because i'm not gay and you're yeah, like and it, they're really just gonna do this whole scene aren't yeah they? yeah and it happens at the end as well just when you're like oh man I'm, i'm i'm pretty into this movie it's pretty fun and then it happens at the end you're like it sours it a little bit it yeah it does yeah a little bit but but i i did find that there was enough other stuff that's about true. like there like there's a, a lot of stuff about um not that it's excusable but that uh, as as you know a viewer mm -hmm. in 2020 i i do have the privilege to say i'll push this aside i understand that yeah that's my privilege mm -hmm. <laughs> but um i did find that some of the stuff with him and and his his love interest to be like mm. like they're gonna have sex but they don't have a condom and she's like you know other dudes would just do it like yeah, you know yeah, yeah. and and you're you, you seem very torn about it and so i felt some of that was kind of like sweet and and a nice sort of you know counterpoint to the movies that you would expect where mm -hmm. it, it it's like we've seen so many 80s sex comedies where it's just like the rapist is the hero yeah. and you're like oh my god and so it was it was nice to see a movie in 1990 be like it's a little bit sanded down they're 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 looking at it and saying maybe i don't have to be this way and so i i i I appreciated that. <laughs> yeah, no, same, same. Those are definitely the moments where I was like, oh, this is a nice little character moment. And it, it kind of, mm -hmm. uh, you get on the side of the characters. And I, was, I also thought like Tisha Campbell Scott's character was the best character in the movie. Like I was more to, like yeah. rooting for her than, than like, Kid is a bit like, he doesn't really know what he wants. Like he's very, uh, he, he can't shake off the social pressure entirely. So it's yeah. like very wishy-washy. I'm like, yeah, whatever. I mean, be honest <laughs> to, to yourself. I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed that the movie has Christopher Reed, Kid, and, and Tisha Campbell um, as like, like she has her best friend who's kind of like, playing all the sides of the boys and yeah. like you know is a bit of a party animal and all this <laughs> and so and she's like i don't know how i fit into this this role and then and then kid christopher reed is also like mm -hmm. i'm seeing my friend play who's a bit of a of a kind of all over the place guy and i don't know how i fit into the role and i enjoyed that and mm -hmm. they play off of each other and i also just thought christopher reed as a performer was so good like mm -hmm. he could like there's scenes in this movie where the jokes are not there yeah and he's like selling the scene anyway because he's like doing like he's almost like the bugs bunny of the movie it's like no he, it's true he can just like 
like save save any scene with like a look and a and a move <laughs> yeah no that's true he has a very like expressive face and he knows how to use his like he's kind of this lanky weird looking high top <laughs> guy and he really knows how to make the best of yeah. his like uh appearance and everything uh i think that attracted me to like class act back in the day as well like he's definitely like the main character in that one as well um like yeah. it's always a bit more about kit than it is about play i i was disappointed when i went to to Christopher Reed's filmography that like outside of class act and house party two and three and a, and a few other like very low budget things. Uh, I was like, Oh, I can't wait to like find another, nope. you know, comedy with <laughs> no, him. not really. But no, not really. <laughs> he, he, he wasn't like some sitcom appearances, uh, post those movies, but other than that, no, it's, it's not really remained active or anything. Mm. Yeah. I was checking their IMDBs as well. Like, um, Christopher Martin play, who's play, uh, apparently born again christian who's doing a christian oh, yeah, yeah. sitcom these days and <laughs> that was interesting um but on christopher reed's side i, I didn't really find much of notes um, what, one of the things that i did read about this was that they they were originally going to make this movie with dj jazzy jeff and fresh prince yeah yeah i saw um, that as well which is uh, which makes sense when but you, because yeah. of the whole like what, what was it the new line cinema lawsuit because of their Fre yeah. uh, freddie song yeah uh they owed them some movies um uh, but the director <laughs> didn't want to use them apparently yeah it said i i think i read that that it was something like they sued us but then they said how about you do this yeah, and they were yeah. like maybe but yeah <laughs> yeah but then reginald hudlin the director was like no i'm not gonna use these guys apparently that's funny <laughs> so it became kid and play <laughs> and then they kind of took off yeah. after that yeah honestly probably the good thing in this case like uh, like I'm sure um Fresh Prince and Jazzy Jeff would have would have made an equally entertaining movie but I I like I'd like to see that yeah sure but enough as it is <laughs> No no this is good as well yeah. you know and it gives them like you know Fresh Prince and Jazzy Jeff they get their turn as well in the Actually I don't know when Fresh Prince started it's probably before House Party isn't it I feel like that's like yeah. late 80s maybe I think so like might be 89 or something I'm not sure um but yeah also, just yeah, it, everyone in this movie is supposed to be high schoolers. This is just oh, yeah. one thing where in this movie specifically, like they do not look like high schoolers, like one bit. <laughs> like they were like the villain, like the villain, late twenties. <laughs> all of them, all of them were like late twenties. Yeah. <laughs> and the guy totally. who plays Kid's dad, uh, Robin Harris, was like ten years older yeah. than Kid. <laughs> yeah, and passed away around the time that it came out. Yeah, yeah, shortly after. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Apparently all of his um, lines were improv in this movie. Did you know about that? No, no, mm, I didn't. Mm. I can see that. Mm -hmm. He's he's amazing. He's great in this movie. He's great in this movie. Um, yeah, and even the fact that yeah. so like I mean he was a stand-up comic and everything. So um Yeah, Bebe's kids. Mm. Yeah. Did you know that? What was that? <laughs> he he did these routine routines about Bebe's kids and eventually that became an animated no movie. Um yeah. <laughs> I didn't know about that. I've seen Bebe's yeah, kids when it after came he out, passed right? away. Yeah, mm. but that That's was his cool. whole his whole act was like, you know, that was like part of his act where he would talk about like Bebe's kids, like you know they yeah. they like annoy me or like that they do this, they do that, and that was kind of a big oh, man. big bit for him. And yeah, he passed away 
just around when this was coming out and huh. and then yeah, a few years later it became a movie in like uh i want to say like two two or three years later yeah yeah, yeah. i saw I, I saw that uh, reginald hudlin the guy who directed house party also wrote baby's kids so there's another link yeah. link there to baby's kids <laughs> man i yeah. haven't seen baby's kids since since it came out i, I don't remember anything from it like if it all helped. all I remember about it is that it was an animated movie that I remember picking up in the store and it being PG thirteen and being like so it's not for kids who is this for <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> uh, I will so say house party yeah yeah I will say <laughs> about house party there's this like George Clinton George Clinton is in this movie at one point at the party with like all the grown ups where Kit ends up on his way to the party I also felt like this movie I don't know. Did Superbad rip this movie off a little bit? It feels similar <laughs> in, in, in the whole like one crazy night, have to get to the party, two best friends kind of thing. And they're trying to get laid, I guess. But I guess that was not a super original concept entirely. So whatever. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he ends up in this in this party and George Clinton is a DJ. And I was like, oh, this this should be good because it's George Clinton. Yeah. And I remember the scene from Good Burger with George Clinton. And that's <laughs> one of the best scenes in that movie. But it, it was a bit of a letdown. Uh, they don't they don't do enough with that i felt yeah yeah i don't think they do enough with it but i was kind of like whatever it was kind of funny that they there's this whole other party going on with the adults and, yeah it was yeah like, but it, i it i was okay i just got my hopes up because it was george clinton and i remembered that scene in good burger <laughs> that's all <laughs> <laughs> which is a classic movie and scene yes exactly <laughs> good burger that, that, endorsed if, if we were going to do a longer episode that would have been our next <laughs> <laughs> it fits in chronologically i don't know about like the rap hip-hop angle <laughs> yeah not really but mm. i love that movie yeah yeah it's a good movie yeah i never <laughs> saw it when it came out but then i don't know probably because of you and, and like letterbox minor bus i was like oh okay i'll check this out and yeah i really like it's a, it is a movie that i never know if it'll play because saw it when i was at the right age to to think it was a hilarious movie mm -hmm. and so i mm. i can't look at it i'm just like this is hilarious what are you talking about I definitely had friends growing up that were like, no, that's trash. And I'm like, no, it's hilarious. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess it just depends who you are. And I don't know. I guess I was expecting a bit more of a childish movie. And, and it sort of is, but I don't know. I feel it like it, it, it holds up in an all ages kind of way. Um, yeah. And it's like kind of a sketch comedy. Mm -hmm. It came out of, of the Nickelodeon sketch comedy. So it has that kind of like comedic sketchiness to oh it. yeah one other thing in house party that i really liked is they pay lip service to both dolomite and to crush Groove, beat street and martin lawrence even mentions breaking uh but yeah. then can not play roll their eyes and they're like breaking <laughs> which <laughs> i'm like, like oh what? yeah i guess this yeah it, it's i don't know like crush Groove and beat street are like i said before they're a bit less cynical <laughs> than a canon films movie which i find very entertaining true, i love breaking but yeah i just thought that reaction was kind of interesting have i haven't seen rapping since high school mm, is, that, is that one hold up at all uh i saw it for the first time a couple of years ago it's kind of trash but it's it's <laughs> it's still worth watching i don't know i like it but it's it's like a very bad version of like <laughs> i don't know beat street or crush groove uh 
even even like the musical songs there's like in crush groove you've got like the all you can eat uh scene with the fat boys yeah at Sabaro. Uh, oh my god r.i.p prince marky d by the way oh so sad um yeah. and they sort of try to recreate that in rapping they also do like a like a food-based rap and uh <laughs> eric lasalle tries to do like a curtis blow voice and it's like what are you doing here i mean <laughs> at least they didn't get the skinny boys <laughs> no they didn't they didn't <laughs> have you heard it's that the... album um no i don't think i <laughs> have like, i know the name they only. they were trying to ride the fat boys wave and and so they released their this album of uh of rap by this uh, group called the skinny boys and the, and the cover is them they're all skinny <laughs> just like <laughs> <laughs> oh god it's not very good but no, I, in my memory but yeah <laughs> i imagine that not being very good yeah yeah uh also in rapping you've got like mario van peebles as the main guy and Mar sorry I, I like mario van peebles but he can't rap so and, and he tries to in the movie and it's like you know like these movies i, I think i actually have a list on letterbox that's called like music movies where the main character has zero chops yes and one of them is rapping and then of course you've got rhinestone and the last one is body body rock beat. is it body, oh, body beat? beat body beat with uh, yeah. lorenzo lamas yeah yeah that's, that's where i found out about that oh movie. okay yeah that's the trifecta From your just, thing <laughs> what are you doing <laughs> yeah mm. <laughs> uh well that is our episode if you saw these three movies if you saw house party if you saw big fun the big city or get rolling mm. you can always let us know on social media twitter yeah, uh, instagram at back in a blog yeah and uh let us know what you think. Let us know what else you want to hear in the podcast. This was a fun kind of like themed mm -hmm. sort of just fun discussion. We didn't have to worry about researching a bunch of Canadian horror movies. <laughs> I mean, I did a bit of research on these movies, but it's, yeah, it's definitely, uh, it was nice to change it up. And I really like the subject. I can't imagine we'll do a yeah. lot more like this because it's we talked about the main things here. Uh, It'd be cool to do some more like dance movies or like Yeah, I was uh, thinking about that. Yeah. yeah, I recently like made, made a list on Letterboxd called, called Let's Get Physical in the VHS era. And I was like, that might be an angle. Uh, yeah. So Let's do a new sub podcast called Carlo and Dan Get Physical. <laughs> sure. And we work out while we podcast. <laughs> dance movies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> In theory. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That'd be funny. It's also, uh, I was thinking about the first thing I ever did for Back Row was an article on Beat Street, Crush Groove, and the break-in movies. So. That's awesome. It's a bit full, full circle here. and yeah. yeah. Full circle. That's that's good. Totally. That's cool. <laughs> um. Well, otherwise, you can find me on Letterboxd. You can type in Dan Gorman in the search. You'll find me there uh, or YCKMD underscore on Twitter. And where can people find you? Uh, Letterboxd as well. Uh, first name Carlo, second name Carlo. Yeah. On Twitter, at SolarFox. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And otherwise, we will see you in the back row next time. Goodbye. Bye. -bye. <laughs>